0: Lifeway. Lifeway. Lifeway, Leadership. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.
1: This is the Unseen Leadership Podcast, where we explore the unseen stories that shaped leaders into who they are today. But the reality is, as a leader, you have to be okay with sometimes people not liking the, the direction or the decision or the approach that you're, that you're taking.
0: Well, welcome to the Unseen Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Chandler Vinoy, here with my co-host, Josh Hunter. Josh, who do we have with us today?
2: The one and only. <laughs> you can hear his laugh, we don't know his name yet. one and only. <laughs> ben Trueblood. <laughs> wow, I'm, the one and, o- I guess that's true. I've never met another person with last name Trueblood other than your wife and your children. D- yeah, there's Elton
1: Trueblood, who is a theologian, Puritan kind of dude. Are you related? Uh, it, I, I'm told that you cla- I'm you related. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll grab that one. There you go. Um, yeah. I, I'm told I'm related distantly, but I've never like done 23 and Me to find out or anything.
2: Well, it might be time, Ben. Might be time. <laughs> well, Ben is my boss's boss. So I actually can't even make eye contact with (laughs) them. Careful what you say here. This is the only time I've ever spoken with Ben. (laughs) I'm not allowed to directly, not indirectly. We have a piece of poster board up in between. So, well, (laughs) actually, I just looked at his eyes. Sorry, Ben. Hey, Ben serves as the director of student ministry for Lifeway Christian Resources and has 17 years of student ministry experience. 14 of which were spent in a local church as a student pastor. So he knows a lot of student ministry, really well-informed there. And in addition to his role life, LifeWave, Ben is involved in training, consulting, speaking to student ministries throughout the U.S., he's also written three books within reach, Student Ministry That Matters, and A Different College Experience. Let's just say the man is smart when it comes to student ministry. Everything else, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cardinals baseball. Yeah, Cardinals baseball. Uh, some video games. I,
1: I have the note right and here. And student ministry. And that's about it. That's I have the note. That's with all you me. need.
2: Let's just say the man is smart when it comes to student ministry, dot, 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 and gaming. <laughs> and gaming. <laughs> He's a gamer. <laughs> and
1: some people, like with that, they're like, well, I'm not going to listen to anything this guy has, <laughs> to, says, this has See, to say. But
2: I actually think it's really cool. And you're uh, we're going to get to this type three at Enneagram, right? Yes. So, like, what you want to hear, I just want to be loved for me, and so I think it's awesome <laughs> that you're not ashamed to game. I no, think it, I think it's awesome that no. you love it. Well, and it
1: uh, and like the whole gaming environment feeds the enneagram three achieve, 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 <laughs> right?
2: When because win. you just yeah.
1: it. They're they're built in such a way to feed. I've got to do the next thing. Yep. They so, know how to keep you. So what's what yeah. are you playing right now? Well, <laughs> we're jumping right in. I, yeah. This is, uh, this is so, not the unseen part. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of, I guess. Kind maybe. Of, yeah. It is but unseen because it's-, it's not something I, I talk about a whole lot, I guess. Um, so right now, the most recent uh, game I've been playing is MLB uh, The Show. Oh, yeah. 19. So it just came out uh, a couple weeks ago, and, man, it's great. That's awesome. I love it. I miss I miss the baseball video games. Those are great. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is like this one, PlayStation has,
2: and Sony, I yeah, guess. You can't
1: get it on Xbox. No. They, they have an exclusive license. They're the only
2: baseball game. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. It's sad.
2: So you got to have. You could be a leader and game at the same absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. He's proven it. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's possible. It's possible. I love it. Well, Ben, I mean,
0: Josh just rattled off everything, kind of your bio, what you've done. Yeah. You know, we... We would love to know, we know what your current role is here at Lifeway over student ministry. Can you take us back to the leader before today and, and kind of how that journey led up to here,
1: the different areas and leadership positions you were in that led you to where you are? Yeah. Well, in college, I drove a forklift for Sam's Club. I worked in the freezer section, and that's where it all began. Did you have a? Uh, Did you have to have a license? (laughs) I did. I was a licensed forklift operator, and it was super fun. Uh, But no, that really like in for ministry stuff, and really like the first step into leadership uh, came right off the heels of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I had interned at the church uh, that I grew up in right after high school, um, and really didn't have a great experience with that. And came to a point where I really just said, man, if this is what ministry is, then I don't want any mm. part of it. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm just going to be, I'll fulfill God's calling on my life to pour into teenagers through being a really good small group leader. Like that's where I'll pour in because, man, we ha- I, I was looking around and I was like, man, we have a lot of really awesome small group leaders that are businessmen and businesswomen and like, I'll just do that. And so changed my major in college and uh, was working at Sam's club. And like my track was, I was going to go into the business world. Um, My field was uh, transportation and logistics. And so like, that's where I was, that's where I was headed. And God used uh, some mentors in my life and a really specific moment of being a like disciple now, small group leader. Uh, Sometimes if you grow up around the church when you get into college, like sometimes you just go around and do disciple <laughs> nows for different people that yeah. you've known. Uh, and so I remember I was in Austin, Texas doing one uh, for a mentor of mine. And God used that moment in being with that group of high school guys to really say, no, like I've, I've called you to more than mm-hmm. serving me through a small group. I've called you to do this vocationally. Uh, And so that's kind of where that calling was really solidified in my life. I think it would be important to state too that uh, in my statement of, if this is what ministry is, I don't want any part of it. Um, I think my heart and my attitude was definitely wrong in a lot of places with that. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say it was just the church. Uh, There were some things that I definitely um, disagreed with. There was a whole lot that I handled in a wrong way, just as a young trying to figure things out. And so when you're young, you know everything. So, and that's the problem, right? Like <laughs> yeah. that would be, that would be part of the culprit there. So uh, it wasn't too long after that disciple now that uh, God opened a door for uh, my wife and I, Kristen, to move to Alabama and uh, begin serving at our first church um, in 2001. And so that was just, uh, it happened quickly from there. And so that was a, it was a cool moment. Looking back, there was kind of some meandering to my calling um, and even a little bit of refusing at some points, but that's where the student ministry journey began. And uh, fast forward all these years later, and, and and here we are. Served as a student pastor uh, in a couple of churches, most recently in uh, Virginia, over on the coast uh, place, Hampton Roads is the area. Um, but then I've been at LifeWay here seven years uh, this past March.
2: God's a perfect number. Yeah, God's perfect. <laughs> yeah, number. this is a, never going to yeah. get better. I found it interesting. <laughs> you said something, and I thought, what a great definition of becoming a leader. You said there was a call to more. Yeah. Right? And so that looks different for a lot of different leaders. But I think leadership, in a, in a sense, is, man, it's just a call to more more accountability, more maturity, a a higher calling. And everyone has that sense of calling in their life at at a certain time for certain different things. But really interesting that you framed it up that way, a call to more. Do you think that was the moment you realized God is making me a leader. I am a leader.
1: Yeah. And I I think at that time, I don't know that I could have even defined mm. what that meant or what it meant to be a leader. At that time, it was God's calling me to more in the sense that I I'm supposed to be a student pastor. And then the leadership stuff kind of came a little bit later and what it actually, you know, you step onto a church campus and you realize, oh, like I'm the middle school pastor here. That has a whole lot more wrapped up in that than just Small-care getting up prayer. on Wednesday and yeah. preaching a, a message on Wednesday night and hanging out with kids during the week at their school campus. And so that's when I think you come face to face with, there are a lot of leadership responsibilities in here too. And I think maybe in the case of student ministry specifically, The leadership side of that isn't considered on the front end, you know, the the counting the costs, so to speak, isn't really considered as much on the front end as the actual like Here's what I'm gonna do in student ministry, if that makes if yeah. that makes sense. So, so I actually wanted to ask, follow up
0: on that. What did that transition from small group leader? Which I will say you still were leading in that role. And there are probably sure. many listening here. Yeah. That yeah. is your role. And yeah. you can still be a leader in that Absolutely. capacity. But when you stepped into, hey, this is the official position, I am now the the student guy. Yeah. How much of that was it just learning by <laughs> trial, trial by fire, right? and And learning the leadership aspects, did
1: it kind of c- catch you off guard? I think so. Uh, I think it it catches me more off guard now looking back. Than it did in the moment, uh, and I'll try to I'll try to explain what I mean there. Um, for me, it was a whole lot of trial by fire. Uh, I was blessed with a really great uh, mentor, and my first couple of churches that I served, and I served with the same the same leader. His name was Michael Smith, and he uh, tremendous man. Um, he's gone to be with the Lord since then, uh, but a tremendous guy loved Jesus, loved student ministry, loved his family, I mean, just the the mentor you wanna have. And he gave me a lot of freedom, uh, maybe maybe too much, but it was trial by fire. And I, I was still, uh, I was young uh, when I started in student ministry, didn't have my undergraduate degree yet, was still going to college full-time and doing ministry full-time. Like it was, so I hadn't even gone to seminary. I hadn't had one ministry academic class yet. Uh, so it was very much trial by fire. Uh, having said that, I did have experience interning in a church that was, you know, really fast paced and, you know, growing and all those kinds of things. So I had been around it a little bit um, and just kind of jumped in and started doing what I saw Michael do. And so at, there wasn't a moment throughout that first those first couple years that I thought, man, like I'm really underwater here. But looking back, man, I'm, I was like, I did not know anything about what it took. And had it not been, for Michael, exampling and modeling and giving me opportunities, I would have probably been one of those countless stories we hear about of somebody starting and getting in over their heads and and exiting ministry because of burnout or because of, Mm -hmm. you know, tension that exists when you don't have those leadership skills in place with volunteers or parents and how to lead in those environments. Uh, I I would have suffered for sure. So for me, my leadership journey really is linked to Early mentors that modeled for me mm. and gave me the freedom to be able to—they trusted to you. run. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's good. Yeah,
1: that's. Uh,
0: I think if most of us, if somebody asks us about our leadership journey, there's always going to be that one or two people person. you yeah. look to, and they say, "I."
2: there's this person that. Yeah,
0: like they poured into me. They cared yeah. about me. They showed me the the example, and I think, especially as young leaders don't think you have it all figured out and seek out those people right away. Like when you step into a new leadership role, don't say, I have all the answers. Instead, look around you and say, who can I pull the answers out of and look to to learn?
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's a great segue um, to the next question. What do you feel like was your biggest mistake as a leader when you started, when you stepped into, let's say, go past small group leader into your first student ministry role? What was your biggest mistake that you can remember? Like failure?
1: yeah what so you want to call it. i uh i would say my first uh, well, biggest mistake probably, and i I think this spanned a few years. It wasn't something that I did in the beginning and You know, it was revealed to me and I never did it again. Uh, There are times that I probably still do this. Uh, I'm on guard against it now more than I ever was in the beginning because I realized the fault in it. Uh, And I'll explain it this way. Um, There are moments as a leader that require you to be direct and blunt, forward, forward, in a direction, in vision, and this is the way we're going to go. Uh, the Enneagram 3 is going to come out just a little bit, and, like, there's the hill. Everybody, let's go and let's charge the hill. Um, there's a reason why pharmaceutical companies make smaller pills sometimes. Mm. It's because they're easier to swallow. Mm. It's easier to go down. And there's there's a reason why some things are phrased as horse pills, right? Because they're giant and it's harder to swallow. And I think early on in my leadership, I treated everything like the horse pill Mm. with my people. And I was so forward and so direct because I was confident in what God had called us to do and confident in where we needed to go and how we were going to get there. And the vision was clear. And so I was saying, there it is, let's charge after it. And I think at time, I know at times, it was harder for people to swallow and follow that leadership because of the directness of it. And I should have eased people in and taken more time to explain and get them on board with the vision rather than just saying, here it is, if you don't want on board, get off the boat, where, you know, yeah. all of those kinds yeah. of things. <laughs> uh, put, put in the leadership cliche statement, but that's really the way I treat that. because and I think I tried to hide it in
2: passion for ministry. Mm, that's a that's a really listen to this. This is a really, <laughs> really good note. Seriously, this is yeah. a good note for young leaders to hear right now. I tried to to hide that faulty leadership behind
1: this is for Jesus. Yeah. We need to make a difference here. This is for the kingdom. Like, why would we not want to? you know, fill in the blank with whatever you're trying to do in ministry. And the reality is, is that people don't work that way. Hmm. Uh, not all people, you this, know, some This is people, good. I got walk. I got I walk <laughs>
0: Josh is walking around some, the room right now. Yeah,
1: some people work that way and that's yeah. what they want. But I think as a leader, being able to know people and know which people are fine with the horse pill and which people are fine with the the gel cap. Yeah, is kind of the man and one of the keys
0: that goes back to knowing your people. Like if yeah. you don't know the people you're leading, you're not going to know which, which way to go about it. Yeah. What's th- to
1: be uh, to be honest? I there was a time where. Like, I knew the people. I just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like, I know I'll, you're like, not going to like this, yeah. but,
0: like, but in Jesus' honest. name, you're going to get
2: along. Yeah, yeah people are not a means to an end. People are the end as yeah. a leader. Yeah. And that's it. hard when you're so passionate that you feel, God has placed this on my heart. We're going to do whatever it takes. You can't do 10 yeah. push-ups. You're doing 20 push-ups, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a weird place to be. It,
1: and just didn't care enough <laughs> to to stop and do that. Be- yeah. And again, I think it was because it was behind this faulty veil of, I care so much about mm. that, that nothing else,
2: like, we all just need to get there. And mm-hmm. it is just, it's just wrong. Well, this is a good enough answer to really end the podcast Absolutely. on. Really? <laughs> it's, it's really, really good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Real, real quick, I know just in the same way that we're all resonating with this, so many listening are as well. What's a tangible way? Okay, I, that's an issue for me. How do I actually what's like a step that I can take to make sure that I am maybe delivering the vision and getting people on board
1: in smaller doses. Yeah. So uh, I'm not the first person to say this and countless people have said it. So I, don't, I wouldn't even know who to quote in it, but John Maxwell, <laughs> what, yeah. when in doubt, John Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think the principle of uh, hold your, hold your mission, hold your vision tightly and the strategy loosely is a good principle. And other, again, people have said it all kinds of different ways. Uh, I think Andy Stanley says it like, write your mission in ink and the plan in pencil mm-hmm. or you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I think that's a good thing to remember because it forces you to pull people along and say, here's the big mission and this is the why, how do you think? We need to get there because the reality is there were people, uh, volunteer leaders, parents involved in the student ministry uh, for me as a young leader um, who were very skilled in strategy, in planning, in organization that like this is what they did for a career. And I think I missed out. By not bringing those wiser people or those subject matter experts, so mm. to speak, alongside me and saying, here's the big mission. Like th- I know this is where we're going. This is from God. This is where we're headed. Here's what I've put together as far as a strategy and a plan to get there. Help me figure this mm. out. Yeah. And when you do that, you pause long enough you d- and you actually get better because somebody who's who's an expert in that is able to look at your plan and say man this is good but what if we were to change these four things and then you begin to get buy-in from the people mm. around you i mean you said it earlier it's relationships and stopping long enough to take the time to care about people as much as caring about the end result yeah. because and then in a ministry setting Josh you said it that the people aren't the means Like you're discipling them along the way of reaching the vision and mission that God has given you. Ephesians chapter four would say Mm -hmm. we're pastors to train the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm -hmm. Well, training them along the way is actually discipleship. Mm -hmm. And so if you're just full steam ahead, this is where we're going and everybody get off the track, then you're missing out on discipling moments along the way, too.
0: That's great. So you, from all your time, from where you started small group leader to now that you've, you've picked up some qualities of leadership. What, what, are, what are, what is, what is maybe, so. maybe what is one or two of those? He's good. <laughs> I, it's, it's okay. He's there. We're, <laughs> we're just, we're just trusting this, right? Yeah. right? yeah. Yeah. So what, what are, if you looking back, what, what are some qualities that you wish you could bring back to your younger self?
1: Um, I think one of the main qualities, and you've probably heard this from, from other people too, is just listening. Uh, not listening to get through a conversation or listening to respond with what you think is better, but actually stopping to listen and hear, like truly hear people, I think is a leadership quality that, uh, that is learned. Uh, it, it has been for me, uh, something that's been learned. Um, so I would say that is one. And then on a very practical note, um I think a leadership quality uh is is reading. Um and I, I think we live in a day in it. Like I would put audiobook like I'm a person that <laughs> likes to have paper in my hands, but I would I think technology has advanced enough to where we should say audiobooks count here. Yes. This, we this, talk about it every this podcast. Has literally
0: come up every podcast, and it's yeah. so great. I'm I, glad that you're on board that yeah. audiobooks
1: count as reading. I think we have to be. Yeah. Uh I, you know, I I'm I'm one of those people, again, I like to have the paper book in my, given the option, I will 100% of the time choose to have the physical book. Mm -hmm. Uh, If a student were to ask me the same question about the Bible, I would say 100% of the time, you need to have the physical Bible in front of you versus the digital Bible. At the same time, I think we're in a place now where we just have to say, this still counts.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So, but I, I, as far as the leadership quality, I think it is a leadership quality to be a reader and not just a leadership activity. Um, and that wasn't always true for me, and I run into leaders all the time who, man, I'm just not much of a reader, uh, and so I follow up with an audiobook question. Well, do you do this? Do you have time in the car? Like Here's you... some other
2: options? Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: it's not just sitting and staring at a book. You can do it in so many different
1: ways, now. right? And and I was challenged as uh, as a youth pastor by people that I would say are were mentors later on in my life. That's like, hey, if you like you've gotten to place X in your ministry. And at that time I had, I had already been in ministry, I think seven or so years. And the challenge was if you want to go to place Y, this is a lid for you. And this is a gap for you that you need to address.
2: Um, And so that, that was the beginning of the reading journey. So when you started reading, what was one book someone gave to you that you would recommend right now that you that was yeah, impactful so this as a point, young reader.
1: Yeah, if you are a if you're an avid reader now, this is probably not the book for you. But if you're in a place like me, that was like, man. I'm just not a reader. I don't see a lot in it. Then read for your life by Pat Williams. So Pat Williams is uh, like the senior vice president for the Orlando Magic. He's the guy that drafted Shaq. Like, so he's been around since the beginning with Orlando Magic. Is this the guy you talked about the other day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I heard him speak as a student pastor when I took a group of— Students to a program called Student Leadership University, uh, and the guys that I that challenged me in that Brent Crow, Jay Strack, like they uh, they've been I would consider them friends and mentors in leadership. Um, we took our students to here to, to be a part of the program. And one of one of the speakers was Pat Williams and he taught his whole talk was about, uh, was about reading. And I walked away from that conference with that book. It's a book about reading, which is an interesting concept. Uh, but it inspired me, uh, to really begin a journey of, of reading and taking in content that way as a way to learn, and develop myself. And so that, that has stuck with me for a long time.
0: Well, Ben, we want to hop back in and ask what are some of the biggest keys for young student
1: pastors when it comes to leadership? So this is a, a huge question. Um, and I think one of them is be secure enough in your leadership to lead with confidence. And I'll break that, that, that piece down first. Um you are going to have people as a young student pastor, a young person in leadership, you're going to have people that are serving in your ministry that are better leaders than you. Just because you should of hope time. so, actually. Yes. <laughs> Just because of time and they've been lead. So I'll give you a personal example. Uh, I, I served as a high school pa- pastor at a church in Northwest Arkansas. Um, uh, and one of our leaders, at the time was the the CEO of Tyson Foods. His name's Donnie Smith. Um, and he is one of the most incredible people uh, I've ever been around, most incredible leaders. Like he's leading a massive global company. Uh, and so like if you eat chicken from the grocery store It comes probably from Tyson Foods. Uh, And so this guy loved Jesus. I mean, he is all star. It's the leader you dream about. And I was super intimidated in a leadership environment because I'm standing in front of him as well as other leaders that were high caliber leaders in what they do. And it was like, man, I'm supposed to lead this guy Mm -hmm. like he could lead me under the table for the rest of my life. Like I'm never going to reach the level of leadership that this guy has attained. Uh, And he was talking to, it was later on that he, that he was talking to a group of, of pastors that, that I was a part of. Uh, And he just frankly said, Hey, I know that this is sometimes the feeling that people have when they try to lead. I don't know if he like picked up on this for me or what, (laughs) but the basic point was we need you to lead. We are looking to, yes, I may do this in my career, but God has put you here purposefully, sovereignly to lead. And so you need to take the mantle of leadership confidently and you need to lead and give direction to people like me. We are starving for that. Yeah, And that really stuck out to me. I was like, okay, like this, like God has put us there for a reason and we need to lead even in those environments. So the first thing that I would say is, Be willing to lead confidently, even though there are people there that have been at it longer than you and are stronger leaders than you. God's given you a vision. He's given you a mission. Learn from them, but lead with confidence. The other thing that I would say, and that's the second part of that, uh, is have the humility to involve subject matter experts when you're not one. That's good. So for instance, a lot of young student pastors have never parented a teenager, right? Yep. So you're not a subject matter expert on what it means to parent teenagers. You might be a culture subject matter expert. You might be a teen, cult, like you know teenagers. But to parent a teenager is very different than pastoring a teenager. And just knowing a teenager. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And so the one mistake that that I would point to is trying to tell parents of teenagers how to parent instead of being the connector for them. Like, I can't answer your issue specifically But I can partner with you and I can connect you with people and with content that can help you get through this issue with your teenager. Um, And I think a lot of student pastors are hesitant to do that because I, I was hesitant to do that because I felt like, man, that makes me less of a student pastor if I can't step in and help in this situation right now. But it actually would have made me a wise student pastor to say, I don't know this exact situation, but let me find someone who does. And so this idea of for a student pastor of knowing when to be coach and knowing when to be connector mm. is a huge thing early on in leadership. That's
2: good. It's like, I feel like I've noticed a lot over the years you get, so student pastor, for example, I get hired into a student ministry role, a student pastor role. I'm the expert. I know what I'm doing. And actually what makes a great leader or student pastor, or put whatever title you want to in there, if you're leading people or groups of people is saying, how can I get a team around me that actually knows more than me? How how am I actually not the smartest person in the room? That's my goal. Who can I get around the table? It comes back to the vision. You have to have relational capital that
0: you know I can go to that person and say, hey, this is, I wouldn't say a weakness, but it's just, I don't, I've not been in this, in your shoes. I know that you can speak into this and they trust you to connect
2: them. Yeah, that's right. Don't feel the pressure of trying to be the smartest one in the room. Nobody nobody expe- I mean some people might expect that, but the most successful leader is the one that bring in experts on subject matter around them. And honestly, like your podcast, LifeWay Student Ministry LifeWay Student Podcast, yep. right? Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. Lifeway yes. Student Ministry Podcast. Uh, where can they find that, Ben? Uh, it's available
1: on iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> you just, just, type it, just type it in. <laughs> just a little plug. Yeah, we have it's right. it's on that. Spotify
2: now? Yes. Oh, that's it, great. That's a new thing. It's, it's just it in the last month or so. I've heard that Spotify is actually pretty hard to get your podcast on too. So. Really? Well, well, we'll here's the big there. there you there go. go. So. <laughs> but Ben leads that with a lot of other um, experts on subject matter with student ministry. Please go check it out. It's really, really good. And anywhere from really philosophical to really practical as well. Yeah. We try to hit both sides of that, that it's, you know, there are
1: some philosophical things that we talk about, but definitely we want to leave every episode with like, you can go and do
2: this right now in your ministry. Yeah. That's great. yeah, Yeah. It's really, really good. So what was your biggest misconception as a young leader, you're walking into a leadership position, you're like, I know this. And then years now, you're looking back now, and you're like, oh, I was such an idiot. What What was going on in my man, head? Honestly, I think it was that, like, everybody's going to think you're great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> everybody's going to love me, man. <laughs> yeah. And again, like, I, I don't want to, like, overplay the Enneagram thing. It's just a helpful tool. But when people, as a three, when people aren't, like, cheering you on, mm. that really is terrible hmm. uh and so <laughs> what is what does everybody hate me right yeah. now so that was something that i really had to wrestle with is like people aren't gonna people aren't gonna like you as a leader at points and i think what the i think we have to be careful there because we could swing all the way to the other side and say to, to use the pharmaceutical example from earlier well no, people aren't going to like you in leadership. So just do it anyway and horse pill the whole time. And they're going to like you if they do. They're going to not if they're not. And I think that's the wrong approach. But the reality is, is that pe- as a leader, you have to be okay with sometimes people not liking the, the direction or the decision or the approach that you're, that you're taking. Uh, and so, that, like, I had to revisit that again in coming here to Lifeway uh, just because of the social, uh, because of social media and the Southern Baptist-ness that is involved here. You know, people can just get on social media and rah, 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 say whatever they want to say. You're not and, you're not always liked. And that's something even in coming here that I hadn't anticipated is that, you know, we go a certain direction with uh Study that we have, or an event that we have, or whatever, and and people have an opinion, and uh, social media gives them a platform to be able to do that. And so that was a lesson, even revisited within the last seven years of being here. That hey, not everybody's going to love what you do, uh, and more personally, not everybody's going to love you. Um, so it it takes uh, it takes some security in who God has crafted you and created you to be, um, as well as some. Some moments where you have to stop and say, "Okay, are what the people who don't love you saying valid things that you need to consider and change in in your leadership?" Uh, and so that that can be hard. Yeah, that's it's
0: very practical. Well, let's move into the quick hitter questions. The quick hitters. So these, I love this. Yeah, I may we may steal this one. The quick Ooh, hitters. There it is. Ste- steal it. Steal <laughs> Take it. it. Take it. Borrow brilliance. So first thing, I I love to kind of figure out what is everybody's daily routine. So take us into
1: what does a normal day look like for you? Yeah, so uh, I try to get up early. Um, My son has to be out the door for school. Bus picks him up at 645. So I try uh, to be up and be able to see him a little bit before I before he heads out and before i head in i try to be to work and part of this is just traffic related uh, <laughs> i try to leave early so i can uh, so i can beat the traffic and get here um around the 7:30 time frame um it, really practically my day consists of a lot of meetings um so much so, in fact, that uh, one of the disciplines that I have here is blocking out spaces on my calendar called protected time uh, to be able to just do administrative work, to be able to do content work and. Um, here for LifeWay students and stuff that I just need to get done because in this environment, meetings will will rule you if you allow
0: it. There's a spot open. There's going to be a meeting there.
2: Yeah. So like every time I send a calendar invite, you always say protected time. It's like every day though.
1: <laughs> That's just on your invites. It's like <laughs> to five. There, there are some people that always get
2: that response. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> protected but time. And remember, then protected he's the boss of your boss. <laughs> you should not be looking at him right now. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but, forgive me.
1: Yeah, and I I have found too that positionally there are more meetings the higher you go in leadership. I mean, so you've made a leadership jump in uh, in people that you oversee over the last couple of years, and that's probably true for you, Josh. One hundred percent. There are more meetings, uh, and I don't. I'm somebody that doesn't mind a lot of meetings um, as long as we as long as we get something done. Uh, and so that that tends to be my... I know that's like a really boring ex- answer, but no, it's great. my, my it's great. day consists of a lot of
2: meetings. That's great. Hey, somebody's got to be making decisions around here. <laughs> glad, that, glad that it's you. What is your favorite personality test? Ooh, that's a good one. Um,
1: man, I think I, I have to go Enneagram right now. And not because... Well, I was about to say not because the hype is around it right now, but I think partly because the hype. And here's why. Because I think it's a personality test that most people are familiar with. So like if you go Myers Briggs with somebody, you're not gonna be able to have yeah, as Q like
2: and Yeah. You're not gonna no, be able are. to have
1: as lengthy of a conversation um, with people because of that. And so I think that now, like for us here on our student team, uh, we had somebody come in and walk through it with us and do some training with us and kind of made a fun, like team development thing out of it.
2: And I, things like that are really valuable. It was a lot of fun. And so we said it a few times, but dominant number is three. What's your wing? Uh, man, I think I wing four. Yeah.
1: Um, and I pushed back against that a little bit at first because I'm like, well, I'm not very create. Like that doesn't really jump off the page for me, but like the testing is like, that's where
2: it- Three wing four? That's where it sends well, me. Well, for now, three wing four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah three for three now. Wing, for yeah. now. For now.
0: Well, next one. What is an unusual habit that helps you in your leadership?
1: Uh, so this is going to sound really, it's the gaming. Gaming. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it helps me in my leadership uh, because it gives me- now, there are people that will argue with what I'm about to say, and they can. And you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. I am And my leadership, <laughs> and I'm okay. But, but you're uh, right. <laughs> I am one of those people that believe you need a mind break. Uh part of this is the drive home for me. Like some would say, man, you're in the car an hour on your drive home every day. You need to be listening to podcasts. And like, sometimes I just need to turn it off. Like I need a break from taking in content and I need a break from that. Uh, and so gaming provides that for me. Uh, it's also cool now that my son, is he's a seventh grader and it's something that he's into. And so that provides a little bit of time and connection for us. Um, he doesn't like baseball, uh, so I it, it, I cry oh, a little bit. I'm sorry, yeah. uh, but um, he and I can connect around around that. But yeah, sitting at the computer or at the TV and being able to play a game um, after the kids go to bed for a little while, it just it gives my mind a rest and my mind a break. Which I, be-
2: I believe the same thing. I'm reading a book called Garden City, and it's talking about really getting your Sabbath back, and so also think in the day and in the week, there's many Sabbaths that are really good for people mm, yeah. to turn their brain off and have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I totally yeah, agree Hunting with that. is
1: another one of those for me. You just uh, don't kill anything. Uh, that just <laughs> <laughs> being able to go out and sit. Uh, and so in, it just in the quiet,
2: like that's another spot that- Yeah, yeah. to slow down and rest. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. it's just biblical. Uh, it, oh, very biblical. So you lead LifeWise students, you have four kids, you're just a great- perfect husband, of course. No. So all, all types of time with, with your <laughs> wife, but when do you find time to read and learn?
1: Yeah. So sometimes would be in that morning time frame, uh, getting up early and while my son's getting ready and Kind of doing doing that. Um, some would be on the drive time through audiobook, or I wouldn't count podcasts as reading necessarily, but content intake,
2: yeah, learning,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, before before bed. At night. Now, I wouldn't say like I'm every night taking an hour before I go to like, I'm not that disciplined with it. But those are the chunks of time where I try to find pieces to read. And I would say too, like, I'm also not finishing a book a day or a book a week because I don't, again, I'm not spending an hour every night. Um, I try to do at least Twelve to fourteen a year. Yeah, that's kind of the pattern that I've found works for me. Um, other people do a lot more, and that, I think that's fantastic. Yep. But I've I've had. I tried to do the book a week and it was, it was just so shaming <laughs> to me that I, when I couldn't accomplish it, you just felt guilty all the time. Yeah. That
2: type three man, that, that achiever. I'm not winning. Yeah. I I have
0: not taken the Enneagram, but the more you're talking, I'm like, I think I'm a three.
2: I would, that's where right, I would, you're I not supposed to others, but I'm sitting here <laughs> yeah. on Chandler, yeah. dude,
0: that, listen, this yeah. is you, man. Is me, man. So,
1: so shaming. I, I had to drop back and say, okay, what can I legitimately, legitimately that's accomplish? That's really
0: good. So of what you've read, what has been the best book
1: that you've read in the past six months? Ooh, past six months, man. I, you can't say the Bible. No, I'm not allowed, <laughs> not allowed to say the Bible. Um, so this is, this is something I may, I've made a practice in doing uh, is rereading good to great on an annual basis. And so when I say rereading, um, I don't, I don't want to have any misconception. Like I don't every word, every page. It's gotten now to where it is a skim reminder. But I think the annual reminder specifically of the hedgehog principle that he lays out in, in the book is so, is so valuable. And so the inner, like focus on the intersection of what you are passionate about, what only what you can do best and uh what is the economic engine so like the so it's a Business book. So, mm-hmm. Economic Engine is in there. If you're looking to draw a, a spiritual or ministerial principle from this, like what is the thing that's going to most contribute to growth in your ministry, whether that be spiritual growth, numerical? Hopefully, those things are aligned. You know, uh, we won't get into that side But, um, <laughs> oh, wait a second. Let's break that down. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but focusing on what you're passionate about. What
2: you're best at and where growth happens, I think, is a really powerful principle. Hedgehog is great. And you said it's for the book was written for organizational growth. Mm -hmm. But even that principle, applying it to your personal life as a leader helps you hone in and focus, man, Lord, what are my strengths? What is the thing that I need to be focusing on? You guys Google it, read it, whatever you want
0: to do. It's really helpful. It's it's hard not to read it and realize, wow, there's a lot of things that I'm doing that I could cut out and really be able to focus energy on what actually moves the needle. Personally, yeah, organizationally in your ministry. Yeah. Watching yeah.
2: Tennessee football, basketball, absolutely cut
0: that
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> <know>. That'd <It would laughs> be good. I would say, if you're looking for another one, I would say uh Angela D- Duckworth grit. Uh, grit is another um, you, you there are a lot of I think over the last year there have been a lot of grit related books come out there have um, that's one that I think is uh, is good
0: there's a lot of research behind that one like flipping through it it was not just here's some ideas there was a lot yeah. of more like here's research to back it up. It was, yeah. I, I really enjoyed It that goes as along well. with
1: like the 10,000 hour principle. Like mm-hmm. if you want to master something, you've got, to, and the whole key there is like, in order to get that much time <laughs> in it, like you've, you've got to actually like practice and do it and get. Which Stick is so, with it this or it's whatever. So, yeah. It's so different than our culture too. It's like, well, what's
0: the hack? What's the life hack? Productivity hack? It's like, no, well, it just takes about 10,000 hours for you to be able to do it's that. It's just a lot of yeah. hard work. Yeah. It's like, That's oh. right.
2: the last thing we want to hear is millennials. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Very yeah. true. Yeah. Well, hey, last Last question: yeah. What one sentence advice would you give someone going into a leadership position for their very first time? I would say
1: surround yourself with people that can help you get better. Uh, know your gaps. So this is this is more than a sentence. I, I've already completed this it's sentence. Like you can explain, explain this for sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Period. That's it. Yeah. Um, Bye. I think when you surround yourself with people that make you better. Um, you are able to fill in the gaps in leadership more quickly than if you just discover your gaps along the way by making mistakes. People can point out mm. those things to you. Uh, people can challenge you, people that you know, love you and want the best for you, but that have freedom in your life to be able to say, Hey, this is an improvement area for you. You, you fast track your leadership doing it that way, then making mistakes along the way mm. and
2: correcting as you learn yourself. So Mm. learn from others. That's that little bit of direction control versus damage control can go a long way in your leadership Mm. and learning. Yeah, that's good.
0: Well, Ben, thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's been a blast to to learn from you, learn a little bit more about your behind the scenes of leadership in your life. And... If you have not, if you're listening, make sure you check out the Lifeway Students podcast. Yeah. It's some great content on there as well. And if you enjoyed this episode today, make sure you share it with a friend. Go and rate and review on iTunes, and we'll, we'll see you next week. Yep. I can look at Ben now. I'm making eye contact.
2: <laughs> Bye.
1: Bye.